All right, welcome to the Euphoria podcast. It's the podcast about all things EU LCS. I'm your host, Dracos. Now, unfortunately, Deficio will not be here with us this week. Something about us being plebs, him being amazing. Uh, you know, standard Deficio stuff, worry not, he will be back in the future. We are now a video podcast. Uh, you can see that live on YouTube, get a little bit of extra bonus content. Otherwise, we're still available on SoundCloud and iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, thanks, of course, to everyone who gave us feedback on the first episode. It was uh, what we'd like to consider a success. Someone said we need a new table. We're working on it. The set is still a work in progress. You're going to notice some empty picture frames. So if you have any pictures that you've taken with us or funny photoshops or really anything, we're looking for pictures to fill up the background. Uh, let us know. Let us know what you've got. Our guests today are going to be Vettius, wonderful shoutcaster, Nocturne, One Trick, and mediocre player, if we're honest, but he might say something otherwise, and of course, joining him in mediocrity is the Schalke jungler, amazing, and they're going to be here in a moment. The topics for the day are funneling compositions, are they good, are they bad, how do they fit into the world of League of Legends, and of course, the state of Schalke, no fear. So, in the spirit of getting things kicked off, I'd like to welcome our guest, Vettius, amazing, come in. Oh, I just think my head will this set. <laughs> you do. And I'm... <laughs> Dolphins are cables here, I think. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the cable. All right, well, welcome, friends. Thank you. Hello. So, I, I, there's so much I need to ask both of you. Apparently, we're both mediocre. Um, How does it make you feel to be as mediocre as me? Well, I said as a... Whoa, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> He's mediocre by pro player standards. You're mediocre Same. by whoa. average player standards. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, like, I'm not even worth it that you pour me water, you know, at this point. Then so, he has poured his own water I before did. the show. <laughs> I did. You, we'll you were a caster. I don't, I don't have to spoil you. I just expect you. these things to happen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm invited on the show as a guest, you know? I'm just saying, you were a caster last year. I don't have to spoil you. I don't have to treat you any differently. It is true. You think you're better than us now just because you're pro? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably fair, but <laughs> not totally the most reasonable thing. So, Vettius, uh, how does it feel to finally be here? Did show hard? Blocked you from coming on forever, yeah, he's but he's not here, he so now you can. The only reason I would ever be on this show is if he wasn't here, so we got rid of him. Uh, yeah, it's great. I'm honored to be with Maurice. Oh, I grabbed my leg already. Epic. <laughs> so, Maurice, let's talk a little bit about your week one. Uh, yeah. You had a nice interview with Laura after game one. You won, you had some nice things to say. Your second game was. Better than your first one, funnily enough. Funnily, but also a loss. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that was? Oh man, uh, I don't, honestly, I don't even know what happened. Like, I rewatched the game, you know, because I had to relive the pain a bit. But it's like, you know, 21 minutes, we're like up 8k, yep. and then we're like, yep. Why don't we just control bot side instead of top side? And then 14 seconds to rush Nash, and then. Uh. <laughs> well, my favorite bit was like I was watching the VOD, and I, I could. I could see your logic. You had priority bot, right? You had a Renekton literally just pushed in the wave. Yes. And then your AD carry gets caught and has to flash, which is bad, but fine. And then you have priority mid, and then you're just like, guys, dragon spawns in 15 seconds. Let's get vision around Drake. And then you just you watch Fnatic walk up mid, clear the wave, walk through two control wards, clear both of them, and, and nobody moves. <laughs> you're just like, we're going to get Drake, guys. We've got Drake. It's ours. I don't know why you just forgot Baron. I mean, you know, like I didn't, I, I did expect them to go for it, but at least thought we could fight them, you know, like bait them into it, you know, maybe contest. But uh, I think it doesn't work when they finish it. In <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Kaiso's pretty good at taking fights. Barons. Kaiso also pretty good at taking Barons. Well, look, you're not the only person who had a, a less than stellar last week. I've turned my computer audio on for the sole purpose of embarrassing Vettius. Wait, what? So. 
the thing I want to show you, okay. Yamada, you're gonna have to bear with me because we're we're clipping it out as we speak with the sumo feature. As people, fans of the podcast, may know, we've already filmed it, and there's a special segment oh, where someone not involved <laughs> with the feature decides to talk trash, and you're gonna we're gonna see how this goes. So I'm just gonna we're gonna bring us over here. So in the midst of Yamato's victory celebration, we'll turn to the Wait, but isn't this a spoiler? Do people know that he's so, won? So, they will have ideally come out by the time this okay, is released, but okay. that's a good point. <laughs> Dang it, if you haven't seen it, Yamato <laughs> wins. Rip. Uh, we'll put a spoiler warning somewhere. My friends, Get smacked. Yeah, so Vedius is talking <laughs> trash here in the sumo contest. I do like to talk trash. Yeah, yeah he I says it's the only thing Vitality's gonna win this season is this, and I. See, I, don't I was going in convinced I had a strategy. I was like, if I rush him, then he will be caught unawares, and I will be able to defeat him. Um, <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> I guess that, we're gonna uh, see. Oh my god. This moment is so good. You literally just fly. <laughs> <laughs> you last what? Three seconds. Like three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you I literally just thought, you he, he just takes my momentum and he just moves me. I, I defeat myself. He just literally rolls around in the lot. Oh, it was awful. All right. Well, if you haven't seen the Euphoria first annual Euphoria Midseason Invitational Sumo Invitational feature, uh, it should be out now on YouTube. Check it out. You can see a special little bit of content where Vedius gets absolutely... My casting was great in that, by the <laughs> Your way. casting was great. There's little clips here and there of it. It was, uh, you get the, the nice moment, the roly-poly, I think the definitive move. The legendary roly-poly. Yeah, He's been know, prepping that for a while. I don't know why you decided to do it all in Welsh, but I appreciate the effort. Regardless. Comedy. I can do this whole podcast in Welsh if you want. No, I don't. Oh, Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, amazing one really wants that. And also, that somehow gets him this tier of English, you know? Like, that's we don't that know. is a good one. <laughs> All right, so let's jump, let's jump into the first topic. Uh, and Maurice, I think you're very qualified to talk about this, and it is funneling comps. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an opinion on the internet right now about these compositions. Most people think that they're like the worst thing ever. Whether or not they think they're OP, they think they're, they're awful. Uh, just Maurice, as someone who's played, I assume, against a lot of funneling comps, at least once on stage, how do you feel about them in general? How do you feel about these, like, Kaisa Tarek strats, Kaisa Nunu, which is what we've seen in EU, even the Nunu Karthus in other regions, or the Master Yi Tarek? What do you think about them in general? So, I do think the idea behind it is obviously pretty disgusting. Like, just funneling so, like, all the resources into one member and trying to make him as strong as possible is kind of like, you know, defying what I think of League of Legends, which is a team game, you know? Because mm -hmm. in the end, you're basically playing 1v5 to a certain extent, but it's like, obviously I understand why teams are going for it because it's, it is effective to a certain extent because um, people basically had like jungle more comps, you know, back in the past or protect the AD carry comps. And now it's basically do it like in a different way where uh, you obviously like combine them with some kind of support in mid lane and it is pretty effective in the way that you 100% gonna ensure a lot of farm onto that, that special carry and you're actually ensuring that you will have a strong mid game character, at least like one of them, you know? The only issue I have in most cases is the fact that most teams don't quite understand that just because you're playing that doesn't mean you cannot play proper silence, you know? When I see, for example, Fnatic pick it and they picked it with Rakan and Jenna on bot lane, you know? I'm not quite sure what the intention is behind it because you are, you're basically picking late game but you have no tools to get there. So 
you want to ensure that you get to late game and have like some kind of silence being able to play for themselves. And that's something, for example, Gito was able to execute like at least on stage when I, when I saw them play with Heimer. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And they basically like had a bottom push, and that meant that they would get bottom side priority no matter what, you know. So, uh, like the duo of of um, Brom and Kaiser, I think they played, like was really really safe. Whereas in other cases, for example, the the Nunu and Kaiser played that I played against, you know, on stage, wasn't really safe, you know. Like, and it's really abusable to a certain extent. It's just like still, I think this whole notion of like, you know, like this is this is like. It cannot be healthy for the game for this to exist. You know? Yeah. So you unpacked a lot of stuff there. One of the things I want to talk about is like comparing this to Juggernaut and like the the play around a single carry style compositions. So why why is this is Juggernaut just as bad as this? Like, what's really the difference here in terms of like this being bad for the game versus Juggernaut, which was I think generally considered okay at the time, right? Where it was all about a Kogma or a single hyper carry. I mean, for me, the main difference is simply that like there's. Like this jungle mid interaction that you used to have, you know, for example, like, or that you still have in a lot of comps, you know, when you, for example, play Yasuo when you play Aurelia, you know, you play a lot around mid lane, but this, like, playing around mid lane basically is like you're trying to set up ganks, you're trying to set up vision, you're trying to play intelligently, and it's not just like almost like a run it downside where you go from left to right, you know, go back to mid lane, you know. So it is just honestly pretty brain dead to a certain extent to play this way, and that's why it's unhealthy, whereas Jagamore, at least, like, it had this direct counterplay, you know, where like, okay, if we camp the Kogma early on, you know, we can at least take him out of the game, maybe we can snowball hard enough, you know? Because now, especially with Braum Kaiser, for example, in most cases, you're not able to contest the 2v2, you know? So that means they can actually win 2v2 early, get more farm, and it's just like, it's basically an idiot safe option, you know? Okay, but yeah, but hold on, yeah, I want you to weigh in on this, because we saw people totally trash this comp. Wow. Worldwide, this comp has been trashed. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think one of the methods, I actually, you know, Divisio talked a lot about it, and we saw it from Slice's comp. They actually had a really good comp to shut that down. Yeah. They had Nocturne and Syndra mid, mm -hmm. which is like... Oh, that's in the bottom, I think. It, no, it was not. They, they had Syndra mid, they had Nocturne jungle, and oh, then they okay. had... Um, Ziggs AD carry, right? Was, oh, Ziggs AD carry. Yeah, yeah, it was Ziggs AD carry, yeah, yeah. So they have this, like, insane backline dive comp, and all they had to do was the moment Nocturne hit six is you just camp mid. And it's super easy to do. You should be able to win that 2v2 pretty easily mm. because Braum shouldn't be level 6 by the time Nocturne hits 6. And then you just hard count the Kaiser and you one-shot her. Um, and they still had priority bot because they had Ziggs. So they still had a pushing lane bot. They had the ability to kill mids. But instead, they weren't proactive at all in the early game. And they just let the Kaiser farm for free. And yeah. so I think my biggest issue with the, the funnel comp is that the responsibility isn't on you to be proactive. You just kind of have to sit and play safe and respect your opponents and be mindful. Yeah. Whereas your opponents, I feel like a lot of pressure is on them to be proactive. Because I think you guys did a good job of like constantly coming mid and shutting yeah. down. Like You took advantage of the fact that they had two supports bot, so Shen could roam as often as he wanted because yeah. your AD carry was fine. Um, and you just hard cap mid and you killed him like three times. Two of those, I would argue, was caps just making a dumb decision, but there was definitely still... Oh, what are you talking about? Maurice <laughs> literally hid by that blue buff. <laughs> like a jaguar. No, yeah, like a predator okay, waiting for his time to strike. That was funny because they watched him go into the jungle. Really? They, they, yeah. saw you had, they had two wards literally see you, they ping you, and then they don't see you leave. Yeah, but... But, like, you have to take the blue off, no? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we will take our chances. The Shen and the TF, there's no way they'll get there in time. But it's uh, what I think is um, frustrating about it is that 
I do agree with Maurice. I do think it's a little... I don't like the term brain dead, but it is just... Well, it's very... I think it's it's not a difficult comp to play. It's non-interactive. That's Non-interactive. So yeah, I think that's, that's the best way to That's interesting, it. too. So the thing that I really want to push here is like really defining this from other metas and really what makes this different and so bad. Because, I mean, it's visually very different, right? But also, we think about the start of Spring Split. It was literally those wait-till-50-minute teamfight comps every game. And I think you could argue, if you were trying to play like 1-3-1 against the teamfight comps or whatever, that the teamfight comp was very much in the same situation as these funnel comps, where they literally did not want to interact at all early to mid and just wait, right? But the, the difference is, with those teamfight comps, you're waiting for certain item spikes, which is like two or three items. And then you're, even though you get to this late-game point, it, early game comps can still win. They still have loads of opportunities and there are ways in which they can play late game fights mm. in order to come out on top. Whereas this, you're reaching a late game point much earlier than you should be. So when Kai'Sa's level 17 by 25 minutes and the enemy Syndra's level 14, just that three level difference and a full item difference is that is the very unhealthy bit that I really don't like, because like late game is for late game. Yeah, because well, the thing you said <laughs> is there's early game okay. to counterplay, but there, we've seen early game shut down these comps, right? So the bigger issue, is it just the clock then at the core that is the issue with the funneling comp? It's like how, how quickly this scales up, or is, it, or is it more? Because I think the other thing that you brought up, Maurice, at the start, and I think it's something that a lot of people have, have kind of voiced is, is feeling pretty shitty, honestly, as like a player to watch this or as a player to play this, is like yeah. Juggermaw, people had agency, and got to do stuff until the Kog'Maw took off, right? Sure. This yeah. comp, three people on a team, usually at least, sole purpose is to support this one guy who right. just gets to be the biggest ego player of all time from the Red Major of the game, right? So how, how, how do you guys personally feel, Maurice, from your perspective as a player, I mean, Betty's as a viewer and as a caster, like, do you think that it is okay to have something in League of Legends, competitive or otherwise, where people have to be just hard supports for a single carry, multiple people? I mean, it can be, and I don't think it's, like, that whole notion is not that unhealthy, because even, like, in a Juggernaut comp, you had, like, for example, like, you play Nunu Jungle, you know? Technically, you're running around, you do nothing, you know? So, it's still the same concept, <laughs> but I do think that, like, um, you know, like, it's, it's basically almost like, I don't want to say abuse the system, but obviously there's a reason why it works to a certain extent, mm -hmm. you know, because... Uh, like oh, turrets are not that like not that squishy early, you know. Like you at least have to wait a bit until they become squishy, you know. Like so that they have almost like five minute, minutes of guaranteed farming in the early game, you know. So they at least can get to level five, you know, because like obviously with funnel it's kind of like accelerate and everything like that. But you're basically like abusing a lot of things that are right now in the game, and that makes this funnel comp actually like worthwhile playing, you know. For example, when we saw the banner coming in from from Cinch, you know, like in yeah. the finale game, like we could not contest this mid-wave and they could just run it down mid lane at some point. Whereas we basically played to sides properly at, like throughout the game and like played properly until one mistake happens and then they just take over and they completely outright win the game. And so it basically almost like puts more focus on things that are abusable within the game um, like by, by, by just using that strategy, you know? So I'm curious, do, we, do you guys think that they're OP, Vedius? Like, is this something that is overpowered? Uh, I mean, obviously, so just in terms of, like, success, uh, the, the comp has not been incredibly successful, right? And I think a lot of that is because people know or have learned in scrims how to play against it. Karthus, for instance, is 0% win rate in LCK currently. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. 33% win rate for Yi. The game he did win was versus a Karthus. Uh, two out of three games have been Kai'Sa wins here, actually, so it's pretty successful in EU, and it didn't really show up at all in NALCS. Tarek being banned four games was the only significant indicator that this might get played in NALCS. So as... 
as you know, we can call it like toxic mm. or, or not fun to play against, or maybe not good for the game. Regardless, is it actually overpowered though? Like, is this actually something that that needs to be nerfed from um, a from a balance perspective? I mean, I, I think it does. I think it does. I think yeah. I for me, the biggest issue is I mentioned I don't like the fact that you can be level seventeen by twenty five minutes into the game. Personally, that feels bad, man. Um, what was it? Three hundred CS by twenty minutes? I think that was pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cap's got a record. Then the next game, Perks beat yeah, that record. So yeah. That, that aspect of it, I don't particularly like, um, and I think is is pretty strong because again, I think it puts the onus on the opposition to be proactive, yeah. which is I think. So for me, what I like is when one team picks like an early game focus comp, like a one item spike comp that's all about being, like Misfits used to do a lot last year. Yeah, week, like a right? lot of the one through one I'm comps. fine if you volunteer into that strategy and you fail to execute and things don't go well and then the enemy team outscales, fine. That I think is a choice that you make uh, and it doesn't work out, then fine. This situation, if they go, well, I'm picking a support and I'm now picking a carry, um, you have to be proactive or you lose because, or you do the same thing as us and then we can team fight later and we can see who's better. Um, uh, and I think that forcing the other team to play like that is what I don't like. I like, um, I think it's just, it's, it just feels a little unfair. Um, so is it like, and then once again, so like the difference here, because you're still, for me, still comparing this like a lot to team fight comps in spring, the difference still just feels like the nature of this style, right? In yeah. the sense that it yeah. is, so clearly uninteractive, whereas even on teamfight comps, maybe you saw a little interaction. No, but again, like, I think that the biggest difference between this and a teamfight comp is teamfight comps typically specialize around two items, but also teamfight comps, they can group, and that is where their strength is. But they also have one of the big weaknesses, usually they can't play side lanes, because you run things like a Zia, who you can't typically stand on a side lane. Mm. So Maurice could draft a composition that scale similarly well, but is actually better on the one through one Or they just draft a comp that maybe it is early game focused, but they know in the 1v1 they're always going to win. So even in teamfight comps, even if it goes to 40 minutes, Maurice has a comp that has a clear win condition, the enemy team has a comp that has a clear win condition, and now it's about how do you execute best upon it. Whereas if you have Kai'Sa, and you have a Singed, and you talk about Banner and Baron, they, they don't need to they can completely they, they, ignore they you. Need, they don't need to think, you know? That, that's basically they just group mid and they run. Yeah. And you're so like, it's, it's, uh, So then, yeah, then it is just the relative power level. Because teamfight comps would also group mid and run. The difference is that they but weren't... But they could be punished in other ways, right? Yeah. Like, and this doesn't feel like it... Once it gets to that point, it doesn't feel like that it has as many ways to punish it. And so I think, in that aspect, yes, I think it should be nerfed. Um, if they, For me, I think it would be fine if they just made it a little bit harder to get to that late game point so that... Like, but how how do you want to do it? You know, like the question is basically like, uh, why is it why is it actually worthwhile playing? You know, like and it's be, like it's because this is jungle item. You know, like obviously yes. obviously the attack speed item is really really cost efficient. You know, a then b the jungle exp has been changed. You know, like where even if you're ahead of the camp now, you basically get the same the same amount of exp whereas before and you couldn't. You know, so if someone was level seven, he took a level five camp, he obviously got like a diminished return of investment. You know, whereas now it's like the same return. So. That's basically why it is happening, and I think that's that's something that should right maybe should look into. But I'm not I'm not sure if it's actually that like that broken and that obviously like all part that you should actually look into it further because I think more teams will come into play and understand how to counter properly and not give up Nash at 23 minutes or 21 minutes, you know. <laughs> so like there there are a lot of ways to go about it, you know. Like but it just it just puts the pressure on you to not make mistakes, and I think that's completely like that's somewhat unhealthy because I think people especially like with the meta has, that has evolved like in the past couple of years I think mistakes have been happening on both sides 
but whoever has been like faster back on the map, you know, played for pace better, has basically been the team that has been winning, you know. So making more mistakes shouldn't lose, lose you the game, and I think in, in these comps it does. Which is tough. And that, so the, talking about like how do you nerf it, how do you approach it, I think you made a lot of good points with the jungle item. The other item that feels really egregious to me is, is Rageblade. This item feels like a consistent <laughs> balance issue. Because uh, like Karthus has been picked too, right? And Karthus is the exception to this rule. He's the only guy who doesn't build Rageblade on the list. Yeah. And Karthus hasn't seen a ton of success, uh, at least in the regions I've watched. But like Yi and Kaisa both seem like almost Dota 1 style hyper carries with this item, right? Where they're literally just a ball of stats and yeah. they affect, they get to a certain point and it just doesn't matter. And yeah. they're, I think, probably the only two characters in the game that I can think of that are so, so strong that when they hit three items or two and a half items, it's the case with Kaisa, because usually it's like Rageblade, Jungle Item, and QSS and she wins the game, right? At least from what we saw in EU. Uh, they're actually just unstoppable. Like, they, they can kill anybody. It doesn't matter. If they are alive and something is there to keep them alive, they can literally kill anything, which feels, to me, really gross that there are characters in this game that, are, that can be 5,000, 6,000 gold behind, right, and get those two items like we saw at MSI, like when Akaisa came online, she can kill anybody. Or here, be snowballed into two items against an entire team of people with two items, but, oh, she's got a Lulu and a Tarek, so guess what? Your yeah. entire team is dead. So are the characters an issue too, I guess is what I'm getting at? Or, or is it just the fact that it's so easy to funnel so many resources directly into them? I think it's just Rageblade, actually. Like, I think, obviously, Kai'Sa, to a certain extent, is kind of broken right now, especially the AP yeah. version of it, you know? Like, we don't have to make, like, you know, like, we don't know, like... She is really strong, yeah. Kai'Sa, when she gets to this, like, you know, two-item spike, maybe three-item, you know, like, when she has Nash's, like, Rageblade, you know, like, she doesn't even need QSS, like, have another AP item thrown in, you know, maybe Hourglass, you know, just for the sake of it, you know? Like, this champion just does too much damage and has the ability to dash on you, you know, and that makes it broken. And that's the same for he, obviously, with Tarek, but he does not work with any other strategy, whereas we have seen Kaisa work with Braum, we have Kaisa, Kaisa, uh, work, uh, seen Kaisa work with Nunu, and I do think that Kaisa could probably work with Tarek too, you know? So, it's a combination of Rage Blade and the fact that Kaisa has this inner ability to just destroy you whenever she wants to. She's also just, like, a good jungler too. Like, yeah. when she was released, <laughs> Everyone was playing her this as a jam is actually insane. because she had 500 range. So everyone was like, you can't put her on AD carry, her range is too short. Then they buffed her range to 525, and I was like, oh, now I can play her as an AD carry. Mm. And they were like, ah, so That's she can enough. jungle and she's an AD carry. <laughs> and you're just like, wait, what if we just make this champion the really strong one? Like, Oof. let's put everything into this champion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Rageblade is pretty good. I was surprised when all the AD carry item changes happened and Rageblade wasn't affected. Yeah. I wonder if they were conscientious of who it affected like outside of the AD carry position, but then I think about who else would build it, and I was yeah. like, Aatrox, Kale, Master Yi. I mean, you're seeing that like, the meta is full of Rageblade abusers, yeah, right? I is. mean, Aatrox is successful in the top lane. I don't want to say solely because of Rageblade, but Rageblade's a big farm. Rageblade, Titanic, Hydra is an insane combo. So I will chase. say, yeah. though, that they did make one change to Rageblade where I do think that, like, stats-wise, it's actually not that great. It gives you like 25 AD and 25 AP, but then it scales pretty well, and then it's the passive that makes it really good. Yeah, I mean, it's really just for the people who are good at abusing the double hit, right? Yes, Aatrox exactly. is a great abuser, exactly, Kai'Sa exactly. is a great abuser, any, any um, of those And for champions that can generate the stacks, the stacks are also where a lot of the damage comes from, so Kale is generally pretty good at getting those stacks up too. Aatrox is another example. Oh yeah, you guys, another dirty Rageblade abuser uh, team. <laughs> but, um, like, basically champions that are good at getting the stacks, and are uh, um, uh, and 
can just take advantage of the scaling aspect. We'll, we'll take advantage of Rage Blade. But like, this is why I kind of because it's only certain champions that make. Well, it's like when Klepto was broken, right? It's right. like yeah, you're still only going to take on Ezreal and Gangplank, exactly. but for those two champions, it's, it's literally really nuts. Exactly. It's, so it's one of those things where outside of certain champions, Rage Blades isn't. I mean, but you have to balance it. I think for the the abuse, I, I you think can't you're right. right. Like, yeah. I but I don't. I personally have no idea how. I, I wouldn't <laughs> like if you remove the passive or you change the passive. So now it's like every third hit double procs mm -hmm. the thing. That would probably make a big deal. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know either. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about just to round this out is we've talked about funneling being potentially bad, something that we'd like to see get stepped away from in whatever form that takes. Uh, but strategic diversity in League of Legends. I feel like for a long time we've had like one three one and team fight, yeah. and those yeah. have been the two comps for for years, more or less. More yes. or less, right? And we are seeing more bot lane diversity as the predatory flies of Berlin attack me. Lord of the flies. <laughs> Lord of the flies, baby. You could be piggy. <laughs> um, but I, so I'm just curious if with this new meta, even if we take away funneling, do we expect to see more kind of strategic diversity outside of funneling? Do you feel like this patch is going in the right direction? So, I think a bunch of pros have already tweeted it, but I will just steal their tweets, which is, I love that people can just play what they want, and it can be considered meta. Back in Season 2, when I used to watch Sailor EU, every game you had to ban Alistair, Irelia, and Nivea, because Snoopy was really good at Alistair Jungle, and Nivea was Froggen, and Irelia was And to be fair, that wasn't because right? of the way the game was balanced, that was just because individual skill carried everything. Yeah, they were just so two. good at those champions, and that's how it worked back in the day. You used to have to ban, I think, Rise from Alex Ish. No one else really played Rise, it was just his Rise was really good. Um, and now it feels like we're moving back into a meta where you can actually just play champions that you're good at, which, and they're, they're relevant. Right, and I think like the fact that Nuke Duck played Twisted Fate, I think is really cool. That uh, was pretty hype. The fact that we saw and Kale. Uh, the fact that we're seeing Senkux now performing better because he's picking champions that suit him rather than what are good for the meta, I think is enabling him to see like the potential that he feels in this team. Um, and we're also like, if. Maurice wants to play tank junglers, he has the option to. If he wants to play carry junglers, he has the option to. Yeah, Maurice. <laughs> he gets to play Camille every game right now. Don't take that away from him. They actually play her. But I, I honestly think that that is my favorite thing, because now we actually get to see pros who are willing to experiment and just play what they're comfortable on and succeed on it. And that is the shift that I personally am a big fan of. So here's my question then as a follow-up. Maurice, do you get to keep this meta but you also have to keep funneling comps. Would you do that? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not even that big of a fan of the meta, you know? Like, uh -huh. I, I don't know, like, this, this no, like, I mean, everyone can play what they want, but the issue with that is too, you know, that there's gonna be this, this nuts situation that you're gonna find, you know, where, you, like, for example, hammering, you know, it's extremely oppressive in lane, there's no counterplay to it at some point, you know, and you cannot do anything against it. So, like, you basically try to just, like, again, you know, even though everyone likes to play, uh, is allowed to play whatever they want to, there's still the situation where one or two champions on each lane are going to be broken. So it is, it's still the same thing, you know? Like but it, the current meta should encourage you to try, like, any spanning yes. brand. Like, has anyone okay, in you tried brand? When, when, I see, uh, no, when I see brand, when I see brand. <laughs> <laughs> Syndra bot into Hyma, have you tried it? And Nivea's oh, yeah. really good you into Hyma, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the like, big tower, you just throw it out of there, Maurice. Hyma can do absolutely nothing against Have Nivea. you tried Nocturne mid yet? <laughs> <laughs> Don't play Nocturne into Hyma, that's pretty awful. <laughs> but, 
Yeah. You gotta innovate, Maurice. When do you all get so old? But you yeah. Maurice, you think, I, just to be clear, you think once we get past the innovation that sometime, at some point this matter will be figured out and it will stagnate to a yeah. certain degree? Uh, I mean, once playoff hits, you know, like, I think it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be just like, really, there's two to three champions on each role and then it's gonna be focused again, you know? I think right now everyone pretends they're basically like, playing whatever they want to, but in the end, everyone, at least from the SCS teams, is trying to find like, this best suited champion for each role, you know? So in the end, it's still gonna be the same thing. Well, I want to find out. We're going to see 8.12 just around the corner, 8.13 after that. Maybe Rageblade will get nerfed. Hope. More strategic <laughs> diversity. <laughs> no more Kai'Sa, no more funneling. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, I do want to remind people, send us in your pictures. Uh, whatever they are, pictures of us, pictures of Vedius, pictures of Amazing. Some fun <laughs> pictures. We need more pictures for the wall. We have a picture of one picture of Amazing. We have a picture of <laughs> Whippo and Youngbug with their horrible mustaches. <laughs> Uh, and we Photoshop's are welcome Wait, as well. Oh, there's a picture of me. That's, yeah, that's, Photoshop's, oh, that's good. mad Photoshop's. We've seen your skills. MS Paint, it's all welcome here <laughs> on the wonderful Euphoria picture we wall. We can't give you RP, like, if you need seven RP for but that. But it can be, skin. yeah. But we can't. We, we can put it on a wall, which is way better. <laughs> which will live there forever, <laughs> potentially. We also have this board where we put guest photos that you're welcome to put there as well. Uh, How convenient that Schalke's in fourth. Yes. This is going to be perfect. And we're going to talk about Schalke momentarily, but before we do, I came up with a game last night while trying to figure out how to get you guys both engaged. And I'm calling it the Weekly BS Quiz. And so what I did is I trolled through every post-game Reddit thread okay. and found the best comments. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a context. So for instance, I could ask for a game, and then I'm going to read you a comment, and you have to tell me what game it's about. Now there might be some blanks in there where you'd have to fill in the blank to figure it out, etc. Okay. So who, there's four questions. Whoever gets more points wins. What like the mean? picture wall, nothing significant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're the winner of the first weekly the BS quiz. Also, right? You get a high five. You get a sick high five. Not even a fist bump, a sick high five. So who wants who wants to go first? Let this Ladies go. Ladies first. Oh, wow. What? That's just let's just compare biceps, you know? This <laughs> <laughs> is going down a weird road here. You guys want to take this outside? <laughs> All right, Vedius, you're going to go first. All right, I gotta find which one. Oh, this is this is some good ones. All right, all right. This is an LCS team. Blank went a little overboard with this new meta bullshit. Sounds like Rocket. Blank went Vitality. No, Fnatic. Ah. All right. This is a bot lane duo. XY, so the two champions, is the kind of combo where you first see it and think WTF, and then you watch it and think, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's gotta be Heimer Fiddle. No. What? <laughs> it's Lux Pike. Oh, goddammit! <laughs> no, go, go for the obvious one. Okay. Question three. Uh, this is a game, matchup between two teams. Okay. Jesus Christ, the blank, literally ran to blank's base, Lamau. That's the. HK Giants. That's the Z where you ran into base. Yes, it is. Okay, that is the yeah. backdoor finish. I cast that game. That's All right, fine. now this is the last one. This one's near and dear to our heart. Okay. This is a player's name. A player's name. A player's name. Okay. And it's something, it's, it might have been a mistake that we made. Okay. okay. Blank does not have an EULCS title. Blank does not have an. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> we actually put on a graphic like this that you would yeah, want EULCS. Yes. We put on a graphic that you had one NA and one EU. I wish title. I had. I but you only have two NA, right? Uh, Do you have even I two have NA? I have one, one NA and zero EU. Oh. We gave him more credit than he deserved. <laughs> way too much. We did get relegated with mysterious monkeys in there, we though, did which get is that. the important part of the graphic. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> All right, amazing, you're up. Vedius has two out of four. Yeah, All I right. can beat them. 
hopefully. Wait, how'd you get to Worlds twice then? Gauntlet? Gauntlet. Gauntlet, 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 Gauntlet once Gauntlet. and once. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right, are you ready, Amazing? Sure. So this first one is a game. It was a surprising game. Many people didn't expect it to finish this way. And the Reddit comment, one of the top ones, consists of a chain of comments that sounds like this. What? 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 Wet, wit, woot, what? That sounds what? like phonetic SL4. <laughs> yeah, that's it! That's right! Oh my god. Uh, the next one is an LCS team. All right, and this comment, same old blank name of the team. Uh, Glimpse is a good play, then utterly f***ing up macro and losing. Why can't they fix that? I have no idea. Wait, who, lo who lost? Oh, I think it's, I think it's Splice. No. I like the effort, though. It's Unicorns of Love. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next up, a pro player quote featured in a Reddit comment. You ready? Yeah. Which pro player said this after a hype play? You f wanker. <laughs> it sounds like Gilius. <laughs> what the? It was a highlight. It's Max Lord. Oh, he said it after the Talia play where Senkux literally did all the work and he just rolled in for the triple. <laughs> you can watch the show, Maurice. <laughs> It's also right. a very British thing to say. <laughs> true. That's true. And I'm quoting it. It's phonetically spelled here, courtesy of Reddit. <laughs> All right, last one. You have one. You can tie. I don't have a tiebreaker question, so you can just tie if this happens. But if you win, you'll tie with Fedius. This is a pro player, right? Okay. Blank is the only player in the world that can miss Fiddle Fear. Okay, <laughs> Fiddle. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't Think know. about who played Fiddle. And who lost with Fiddle? Who's, who's, we, okay, I, I don't, I don't want to talk. I'll give you, I'll give you, it's a support. Okay, we figured that out. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking at who lost. I mean, given that it's Reddit, I think it could be Sprutter, but I don't think he played Fiddle, you know? Is it Sprutter? It's not his name. Uh, think promise again. Q. It's Promise <laughs> Q. <laughs> 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 it was all. Uh, all right, we'll call that a tie for the first week, weekly yes quiz. Uh, just a reminder, this is stuff we pull from Reddit. Poor guy. So we're, we're, fl we're flaming with the support of the community here. Yeah, poor dude, dude. He did miss that fiddle cue, though. He pushed it on the wrong target. That's a rough life. There you go. So with two points apiece, Vettius, an amazing tie, and... I didn't have an award anyway, I shouldn't have told you that, because then I could have just said, well, it's a tie, so neither of you get anything. <laughs> so there you go. Bad, man. It sucks. It's okay, it happens. I'm really particularly disappointed that, that one, Amazing didn't get the Max Lore quote one. It was I my mean, highlight Philly of the just week. doesn't like Max Lore. Yeah, that's not, that's not, to be that's fair, not Gilius right. wasn't a bad guest, though. No. Outside of the British accent, yeah, I feel like. Oh, yeah, true. That, that gave it away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or should have. <laughs> <laughs> So Gil is speaking with an English accent, like doing the game wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I mean, he's got to he's got to go take his trash talk to the next level. He does accents now. He picks regional yes. trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the second big topic of the day is uh, I'm calling it the state of Schalke, but it's just Schalke no fear. Burning. Burning, dying. Sinking. I mean, they're 1-1. One, one. They're tied for fourth place. Uh, nah, you can see G2 Vitality Misfits. You can see they've tilted, that's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are tied with Fnatic and other great teams like Giants and Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. not 0-2. You could have been 0-2, so... I mean, you know, like, I mean, early part of the season doesn't matter as much, but I also feel bad about being 1-1, one, one, you know? So, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way right, street. Alright, but let's... Let's talk about you, Maurice. Yeah, talk you, said, we'll talk about you said in an interview, 
which was a great interview. Oh yeah, I got some notes here from that. Shot calling and playing good League of Legends at the same time is hard. Yeah. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's more or less what you said. Yeah, uh, I'm shot calling, you also mentioned that your shot calling style, you're a bit washed up and a bit outdated. So there's a lot you said in the interview, it's a good interview. You know, but it's just like, to lower the expectation, you know, not everyone thinks ah, I'm really bad. That's fair. And it helps me perform on stage, you know? There's a lot of people who think you're really bad, though. You've had a lot of haters from, your, from your fanatic TSM days. There's a lot of it's amazing just, it's haters. It's actually incredible, you know? Like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a big of a dick. I know that, too, you know? Like, I'm really, op- like, I'm really offensive to a certain extent, you know? I'm definitely not PC. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think at least most of what I say is in, at least, like, it's in protection of my team to a certain extent. Actually, like, it rallies the team behind me to, like, to a certain extent. So I'm taking the... the Almost like the, the, the crap that like my team is supposed to get, you know, and I'm pulling it onto me. Whether Wait, or not so I can just to clarify, it, you are the Gilius of Shalke No Fear. I was Gilius before Gilius was Gilius. Oh my god, OG Gilius, it works out so well. <laughs> no, no, but I think I think it's actually like I know it's such an over uh, underrated thing nowadays that like people people are just like, you know, um, like they don't really think about their teammates as much, you know. And I think yeah. Actually, being out there and standing up for your teammates, whether or not it's like on, obviously in my TSM days, you know, even like uh, like when when for example Thorin had this whole rant about like I think it was Turtle like calling him I think I'm paraphrasing like I'm, I'm gonna call it dumb, but he definitely said another word, you know, <laughs> like but it's just like sometimes you just have to be out there and actually like you know like address those things because I think it's really important for the team chemistry and actually like really helps the people like just feel it, like you know like I don't want to say love but like yeah. just taking care of you know especially if you have like a high stress environment if you have someone like can actually take that stress off of them to a certain extent you know or give them some more fire I think you should do it whether or not like it's it's necessarily good for my branding or good for my my Reddit uh, mates, you know, is, is another thing, you know. Yeah, that's that's all. If you're at home and you're really frustrated with Shalka, feel free to send your criticism to at amazing <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> he is now the beacon of all flame for any Shalka team problems. Last season it was the coaching staff. Now it's you who's going to take the burden of, I'm, of all I'm disappointment. Fine. I'm fine with it. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, my phone broke anyway. You know, so I don't <laughs> need to check Twitter anymore. <laughs> One thing. So before we we talk about this this split a little bit more in your role on the team, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, get a little bit of a recap for Schalke and Spring and what we felt like were the issues for this team then and then talk a little bit more in the future about, about what you're solving now, how you feel it's changed. Because, so when we look back, Vedius, we had some pretty strong opinions, I think, on Schalke as a team. Yes. We were pretty disappointed, yes. I would say, after Spring with a pretty lackluster finish for these guys, missing playoffs and all. Um, there were a couple you, things. What yeah. do you think was the biggest issue? So I think they tried really hard to play the game perfectly, um, which meant that when they didn't have a lead, they weren't very proactive. It's like they were waiting. They waited a little too long, and they weren't very... They weren't go-getters, you know? That's the most wholesome description of this. Go-getters. didn't do shit. That was the problem with Schalke. Schalke didn't do anything. Um, I think they also... I think they were afraid to take risks. Uh, one of the things that we said is they didn't have an X factor, uh, and like the fact that they weren't willing to. Act, funnily enough, it was Maurice that uh, talked to us about that on the analyst desk, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just talked a lot about like when you think of someone like a Caps. Caps is the kind of guy that will go bot lane, dive underneath the turret, and get a solo kill on Yasuo, right? Uh, and we kind of expected that from Nuke Duck, and he wasn't that. And Chachi kind of used to be that on Unicorns of Love, and he hasn't really been recently. So uh, 
the fact that we kind of lacked the, it wasn't a lack of individual star power, the star power was there, but it felt like it was never utilized. And on top of that, the lack of proactivity. And towards the end of the split, it felt like it was getting better. It felt like they got a little bit more YOLO. Like they were just willing to take a couple more Yeah, there gambles. was those games where like the pressure I think was really off because they weren't playing yeah. for much. And then their last game where they were playing for, for tiebreakers to potentially make playoffs or whatever, they started sucking again, right? It was cold close up, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like, you, you. I've heard the expression before, uh, I don't know if it's still relevant, maybe Maurice can help, but uh, playing not to lose versus playing to win. Oh yeah, for I sure. I don't know if that's still a big thing that troubles pro players these days, um, but I know like back in season four and season five when the West was really trying to catch up to the LCK and they tried really hard to play the game perfectly, often they would try not to lose rather than actually proactively try to win. And to me, that's kind of a good way to describe Schalke from last split. But um, with the introduction of Amazing, they seem way more proactive. I mean, potentially, and Amazing, you were on, I mean, you were on the broadcast last split. God, this still feels so weird that you were there yeah. with us last season. But I mean, do you agree with all the issues that Vedius has described here in terms of what was the, what was the issue for Schalke in spring specifically? I mean, obviously, like, I, I know a lot of stuff like what actually went wrong, you know, but it's mo it was mostly that. that they didn't have the right mentality. They were basically like, they liked someone that basically, uh, like, you know, took some, honestly, some pressure off of them because all the players, like, they were really tense throughout the games. They already f always felt like they had to play not to lose, as you said, you know, and you could feel that, like, with the players too, how they were almost like, you know, tied in the bags, you know, whatever it is, you know, and, like, nothing, nothing for them seemed easy going, you know, so uh, it seemed like they were, they were almost like, Anticipating the loss more so anticipating than anticipating a win. I think that in itself was a really mindset, a bad mindset to be in. I think, or hopefully, uh, I was I, I'm able or I have been able to change a lot of things about it because I'm I'm honestly like really experienced in that kind of manner. You know, so I, I've had a lot of losses, especially last year was not that positive for me. You know, so I've been at the bottom. You know, like and I think. Once you hit rock bottom, you basically can only look upwards anyway. And I think that's the kind of mentality that maybe like the mentality shift that Chalk is looking for too. I think that's fair. So how many of those issues that we mentioned earlier when you talk about that, um, people being willing to make plays, that mentality, how many of those issues do you think are solved right now? Like how many of those things do you think are no longer issues for Schalke or are those things all still kind of work in progress from where you guys are now? I think a lot of things are still work in progress. It's also about me because like, you know, like uh, in terms of how Schalke operated last bit, obviously like this perfectionist style almost, where they try to like you know optimize every every gameplay uh, like aspect of their gameplay, and uh, there's still like uh, remnants of that. But also, I play into that too, where I try to play the perfect game to a certain extent too. So I don't necessarily take so many risks. You know, I try, try to take educated risks. You know, where like I'm like at least like for obviously since I played with Mithy, you know, like I think he's someone that does the same thing, like where it's always like, okay, if we do this and they have no counter play, we do it, you know? But if they have counter play or it's a 50-50, it's like we're only gonna do it if it's completely necessary. And I think that's something you, like is still there and we're still not like necessarily taking risks to the point where uh, we can make or break a game and we're confident doing it. So I think there's still like some things left there, uh, but overall, um, I think the direction of the team has changed definitely. I think that they feel a lot more comfortable like with one another like and playing versus other teams and I think also the whole, whole attitude has changed whereas last bit I think they were trying to like almost be friends with the enemy teams you know being nice to them whatever it is you know and obviously Schalke as an esports organization should kind of portray this profession, profession, professionalism but there's also a limit to it you know you should always be professional but you should also like almost have a fire under your under your butt you know where you try to basically destroy the enemy team instead of, instead of trying to be friends with them and i think 
that especially has changed with me because I'm someone that really wants to destroy everyone and uh, ideally kill the enemy team, you know, like, and it's just something that has to be there. And I think that's what I liked most, you know, it's not where they just didn't, feel, it didn't feel like they were, yeah, they weren't really like sensing the urgency. And I think that has changed a lot. All right, lighting a fire in other butts. Vedius, we, we saw week one. Yes. We saw a 1-1 week for Schalke, which very well could have been an 0-2 or a 2-0. Reminded me of my solo queue games. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I won a game that I shouldn't have, and I lost a game I definitely should have won. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, have you seen, do you think you've seen any of these things appear from an outside perspective for Schalke? Do they seem like a different team? Are you seeing the same issues appear? So, for me, it felt like game one, uh, they didn't have a jungler. Um, which hurt them. <laughs> no, that's yeah, a little overcritical. Uh, that's, that's obviously overcritical. Uh, I do think that UOL came onto the stage quite well prepared and just well equipped in general. And mm -hmm. I do want to give credit to Cold and Exile. Yeah, the duo of Trundle and Yasuo, they played yeah, really well. Like and I think that they, they punished what felt like a, an over-eagerness to an extent of uh, Amazing and Nuke Duck trying to shut Exile down on the Yasuo. And but then in game two, it just felt like they had a very clear game plan. I really liked their draft. <clears throat> At first, I was like, ooh, they're not invading. They're not taking the same approach as Misfits. Is this really going to work? But then they were like, yeah, we just have to keep killing caps and it'll work. Uh, they have no pressure anywhere else. And it just felt like that they recognized, they had a good awareness, they played towards their win conditions, and then they messed up, right? Which is part of the development thing where they definitely will not make that mistake ever again. It's one of those situations where you now get to 20 minutes, <laughs> and as a team, just like, do you guys remember when that Baron was stolen at 20 minutes? Do we have a ward on Baron? They're like, yeah, guys, we warded Baron. It's like, guys, they're taking our tier too far right now. Like, dang it, how can we never get it right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. But I felt like that we saw a much improved Schalke in that they came with a game plan, they executed the game plan, there was a dumb mistake, which was dumb, but yeah. overall, in terms of the quality of League of Legends, it was good, and so... I feel like Schalke is playing pretty well. Yeah, so looking forward, I mean, Maurice, talk to me about those first two games and how the team felt after them. I mean, we kind of saw how they unfolded. You even said uh, in the interview after the first game, like, how weird it was for the first time. You're, like, encountering nerves on stage, made humble on the LCS stage after so much time away. Like, what, what changed between game one and game two for you guys? And now how are you feeling looking forward into week two? I think the, the difference between game one and game two is just the fact that I actually got comfortable on stage, you know? Like, after the first game, like, I really realized that I cannot play this way. I cannot like basically rely on my teammates to call for me because that's what I did in game one. I was almost like hesitant to do plays after I failed early. And I think game two, I came in like a lot more like willing to just analyze. Sit what in a bush I and wait for caps to come to blue. Analyze what I had to do. And I was like a lot more confident in myself. And I think that's overall the team state too. You know, I think mm -hmm. like some 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 players are emotional leaders, some players are like like, you know, like, in-game leaders, whatever it is. And I think, especially when I'm confident, when I'm, like, em emotionally in a way, like, where, like, I'm basically, basically trying to uh, get in the team ahead, you know, by lighting that fire instead of, like, being passive and almost being hesitant to do stuff, I think it really, like, puts the team in the right direction. I think for game two, we felt a lot more comfortable. And uh, we've also, like, tried to practice the way that we did play on stage two afterwards, you know? And I think that's basically something we now realize that um, basically, before, like, especially in preseason, we almost like play to play in some scrims where we like try to trash the enemy in five minutes, ten minutes, you know. But on the SES stage, that's not going to happen. You know? So uh, we actually uh, just like came in with a more clear game plan, as you said, you know. And I think that's basically what we, we want to uh, do come, for, come forward, where 
we come in into every game with a game plan and we actually try to execute it instead of relying on individual mechanics. So now I want to talk a little bit more about the future because you're talking about this, this slow improvement, steady yeah. things are coming together. So what are the ambitions of this team? Because look, after last season, we didn't really have high expectations. Yeah, slept the guy that made this list. For Schalke. <laughs> uh, this was me, Deficio, and Maxlor that put the preseason tier list together. And, and Schalke are clearly in C, and I don't know if you can tell, but that's not a good letter. That's, D is the lowest you can get. That's a weird alphabet, though. I mean, the S, it's a tier list. It's a little bit different. You could be in D tier if we didn't put S. This is a positive tier list. So. As a C-tier team, <laughs> maybe not uh, anymore after a 1-1 week to start. I'm surprised about a number of these things, but continue. We'll update the tier list at some point in the future. Maybe Deficio won't be here and you'll get invited to help again. I just surprised because he was a big advocate for Vitality. And, and he says HDK. this was their meta, and he said this is when they were going to perform. So I'm surprised that he wouldn't put them in A. Yeah, Especially seeing as this meta is all about early game and snowballing, and he put G2 there, and I yeah, figured I that he would put Vitality there. He as also well. put Splice there when it doesn't necessarily seem like Splice's meta, but I guess that was the, kind of the success of last season. But uh, so talk to me, because Shaka were going to be the, the super team. They were going to look great last season. They were, you know, going to bring it all together, and it, it, it fell apart. We've already mentioned that. So yes. what are the ambitions now? Do you, is it is it sky high for Shaka? Is it like we're making it to Worlds? We're going to win LCS, or is it like we're going to get better? I mean, putting a clear number on it and saying we're going to be first place or second place is kind of like almost useless because if you don't reach that goal, you're going to be like really disappointed. I think for us, it's just really... It would be good, though, if you were like the guy trying to get all the flame for the team if you made bold statements. No, but <laughs> for us, it's just important to, to stay together and say, as you know, I want to make statements for the team because I think like sometimes it can actually backfire. I don't want to put pressure on the people. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for us, it's just like... Um, like if, if we put in the work and we happen to be a C team at the end of the split, it just happens to be that way. If we, we put in the work and we happen to be an S tier team at the end of, of the split, we're happy with that too, you know? It's all about the, like, all of the process. I don't want to mean like in saying trust the process, but in the end, for us it's just like, <laughs> we, we, we play and we win, or we play or we, and we lose, you know? Like, it's all, all about improvement and just seeing what happens, you know? Trust Be the process, make a few fake guess. Twitter accounts. Get it. It. <laughs> yeah, that's the next it's point. Not about, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Okay, all right. Well, we'll put that on a poster, <laughs> on your wall. That can be the Along quote. with your Ugg boots <laughs> and your pumpkin spice lattes, Deficio <laughs> Vegas. Really? I'm sorry! Really? I'm sorry! So, Maurice, it sounds like you're just focusing, you're not looking at anything else around you, it's mostly just Schalke in a vacuum. Like, how does Schalke become yeah. better, not how do we become number one in LCS, how do we become number one in the world, it's just how do we as a team improve week to week, yeah? I mean, yeah, in the end, it's still like, how do we become the best team possible, and how can we become, like, number one in the world, ideally, you know, but it's it's also about, like, just understanding that it is, if it's not gonna happen, like, right now, it's not gonna happen tomorrow, it's gonna happen if, it, if, if it's supposed to happen, you know? That's how I see it. Makes sense. All right, well, let's talk about next week, because next week, you play G2 and Rocket, <laughs> Day one G two, day two Rocket. How you feeling? Tough How you feeling, Maurice? How you feel about that tough schedule? Tough week. Tough week. Tough, tough week. next week. I it's think not, their game. Not, I mean, if you only look at their game one, you're like Rocket, but they they look better in game two. I mean, I don't. I, I don't think that Rocket is bad. I just don't think that they have the individual talent to actually keep up with the top teams. I agree. And I think that's basically holding them back. You know that. I mean, I agree to a certain degree, but I also think that like, if you're basing that on the example from their first game, Memento literally no, hinted. I mean, so. No, but to be fair, I, because one of my big things, I was a big advocate for Rocket last split. Yep. Um, I felt like 
they actually have a very good idea very often of what they're supposed to be doing mm. and they often fail to execute yeah. and a lot of that comes down to individual talent and they're not bad players it's just on a relative scale I do agree with Maurice they just they can't quite compete with a lot of the top teams um, saying that I did say on PGL that they would beat Vitality um, I will stick with that <laughs> they would beat Vitality yeah mm, okay um, okay Ambitious, I know, but we'll see how that. Deficient made out. you shake on that. That's he why did. you have to stick That's with why it, I have isn't to stick it? With it. <laughs> <laughs> but when it happens, it'll be sweet justice because when Deficient was forced to bet on H2K last, but, they won, and then they won. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm relying. You're on hoping that. that you get your your moment too That's from the hoping. Euphoria anyway, predictions. But yes, I think uh, I think G2 will beat Shaka, and then depending on how day one's performance goes, depends very much on day two. I think Shaka will probably be Rocket, but okay, so amazing. Do you think Shock is going to be G2? I that mean, seems like the toughest competitor. We should beat them. We should beat them. That's how I see it. We should beat them. All right, well, in the spirit of Euphoria, you want to put a little, you want to oh, put yeah. a little something on to, that? You want to put a little wager? If I have to, I, 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 don't, mind, I, don't, mind, I don't mind setting All up right. for my team, yeah. Well, in the spirit of doing things embarrassing, this week's bet is Champion Dances. Okay. The classic. So, Vettius, you are now rooting in the favor of G2. Amazing, you're rooting in the favor of Shalka. Loser has to do a champion dance of the other just, person's choice just, and put it on social media. Just don't, don't give me any, any of that weep stuff, you know? No, like, the weep stuff. <laughs> no, so you don't want to do Ari, yeah. you don't want to do Cinder. No. That's where you draw the line, the weep stuff? We could have gotten like the, the old Sleigh Bell Katarina dance. <laughs> you know, like you could literally... <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, that would be a better look for me than the weep stuff, you know, like just saying. But yeah, no, no, no weep stuff and I'm fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. You'll okay. do it? No, no other assistance needed. Like, that's, that's the only thing I need. I need do you know? have a champion in mind that you would want me to dance? I mean, no, don't. I mean, let's get I, let's get people involved. Let's ask the world. Because the what irony they want. is, you could get me to do the fiddlesticks dance. What is? I think I think Nunu is a good look for you. Nunu hmm. is a good look for you. The Nunu dance. Yeah, yeah, the Nunu dance, dance is so simple. You get yeah, into something but, embarrassingly but it complicated. It has to be in a club too, you know. Like if he does it in the <laughs> that's <laughs> like my go-to club. If, if, I don't know. If he does it in the club, I'm actually, I'm actually like when I go to the club, Maurice. It's like the sprinkler, you know, <laughs> the lawnmower, the, the dices, <laughs> the shopping trolley. <laughs> Even with the classics, the lawnmower is special. Okay, but the thing is, is this I, I This is why Deficio doesn't let me on the show. I was gonna say it's like you're ruining the bet by being excited about dancing. You're supposed to be embarrassed. All right. G2 versus Schalke. That is game three of day one yes. this Friday on the EU LCS. Vettius on the side of G2, amazing, yep. unsurprisingly, on the side of Schalke. <laughs> Loser, after the game, oh, let's say next day, in case there's any sore feelings. I'll just, I'll give you, because this is week two, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, then I would say before week three. All right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fine. And then you before, week, before Tuesday, so that we can get a clip of it on next episode. That would be good. For yeah. the people. I'd It'll be, it'll be on Shaka Esports Twitter. <laughs> there you go. Amazing, fulfilling his duty. Potentially. Or it'll be Vettius. No. Mm -hmm. All right, team bet. And you have to pick the champion within the day of the game. Sure, the end what of the day. What are the results? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going. No works. All right, there's your bet. So, do you think... Vettius, are you so predicting a 1-1 one, one or an 0-2 week for Shaka? Uh, off the top of my head, I would say 1-1. One, one, but 
Um, it depends very much on how day one goes. Because you think Rockhead's going to be Vitality and be an unstoppable force. Yes. <laughs> Maurice, 2-0, you feel like? Um, it's a, I, it has to be 2 If it's... It's not 1-1, you know? It cannot be 1-1. It's 2-0 or 0 But I could see you beating G2 and losing to Rockat. I that, could see that. That would yeah. that be really par for the course. Cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not do that, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> when we're looking at, like, top teams in Europe, ideally, that's not what we want. But yeah. we had a competitive split last split because... Everyone was good or everyone was bad? Yeah, that's, I think everyone was bad, personally. I agree. I think everyone was bad. Um, but it was fun to watch. And... We did yes, have some really fun ups. Like, what impressed me the most, my favorite thing is the fact that Misfits 2 0'd Fnatic. And then didn't zero make to, playoffs? They went 0 oh, 2. God. They went 0 2 versus Rocket. And Rocket didn't just beat them, they stomped them yeah, that was twice. Like almost perfect game, perfect <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, like, they literally stomped them. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's why I am not. You're hesitant. Entirely You're hesitant. Yeah, I'm hesitant. Exactly. I mean, you have to make a prediction at some point on broadcast that it won't Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I usually day two predictions I always make at the end of day one. Ah, so, fair. But I do think that Schalke should be the favorites versus Rockat. They should be the favorites. On paper, they should be the favorites. All right. Well, our last thing to do today is get in some of these Twitter questions. Uh, I want to say thank you uh, ahead of time to everyone who put in a Twitter question that was for... Uh, either talking about Schalke or talking about funneling comps. There were a ton of questions about funneling comps, and I hope we answered some of them via our discussion there. Uh, some of these questions, though, they're a little more targeted. Uh, and we'll start, I've got... Uh, do you want to start with the totally out there question, or do you want to start with the, the more career-focused question? We should start with Betty question. Yeah, I think. so I have a question from Andy Day, at Riot Vettius, and he wants to know who plays Nocturne better. Now, he doesn't specify between whom, so I'm assuming well, it's between diamond, me and Amazing. I, diamond. I went from Plat 5 to Diamond 5 in a week uh, how, how with Nocturne medic? Mids. Uh, I duoed with Deficio. Oh. Deficio played Zyra support in a really? champion. We Wait, but what Elo is he? He's now plat one. We need to we need to finish his. He's like plat one, Dude, 40 I think, LP I think, I think this meta diversity actually like <laughs> is really in your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Someone picks Karthus mid, you're like, sure, <laughs> I won't try you. And the level four Nunu walks to your lane, you're like, but okay. Let's answer the question, right? So I would like you, Dracos to ask me, uh, or us, a variety of Nocturne-related questions. Sure. And see who understands the champion better. Dude, okay. what do I need to understand? Either I kill the enemy or he kills me. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's just start. We'll start with amazing. What does Nocturne's ult do? <laughs> what does it do? Yeah, Tell what does me. it do? You, you basically dash to the enemy and you obviously like um, make them nearsighted, you know? Yeah, cool. That's good. Like Miss sided for six hold seconds. Hold on, hold on, sir. <laughs> You'll get your chance. Uh, he, didn't, right. he, didn't, he didn't specify that. Like yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I feel like that's fine. Answer. Vettius, what is this passive called? What does it do? And what are the specific interactions? <laughs> actually, no. Actually, no. Yeah, you, what, you do you not know what passive is it's called. Like, it's like Jeopardy. Know. It's like Jeopardy. Vettius? <laughs> what is passive is called? The answer passive is not acceptable. Uh, are, you, are you sure it's not P? Okay. <laughs> I know his passive, obviously, is an empowered auto attack yes. that does an AoE damage that also heals him. And for every auto he does, it is reduced by one second on uh, monsters and uh, minions and two seconds on champions. That's pretty good. You don't know what it's called, though. I do not know what it's called. What is Umbra Blades? Yes! Why did I think it was Umbral Trespass? Because that's his... That's Kane's ult. That's Kane's ult. Oh, <laughs> I kept thinking it was Umbral something. <laughs> God damn it. That's it. That's a, that's a quick to zero, dude. Amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 I'm gonna give you one more. Amazing. <laughs> How much Nocturne have you played? Uh, 
when is this going to air? How <laughs> <laughs> much across your entire solo queue history? We'll keep yeah, it out of Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I have a 100% win rate in competitive with Nocturne, you know? <laughs> Dang. Do you? I'm saying. <laughs> last game I played of Nocturne competitively was in season four <laughs> against Rocket. I kind of picked Pantheon with it. I played against Vander and, and, and Jankos. Dang, and that's I good. carried the game. And, and what so, ELO are you? We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> he is high are you? are you? He is a high okay, I'm, 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 I'm a stable. Are you higher I'm than Vettius? Right? I'm, I'm a stable diamond one. <laughs> it's All right, well, worrying trend. He's, he's a pro player. He's a busy <laughs> man. That's fair. That's I fair. tried to log in to speak to him on the client, and he's just never logged in anymore. He ignores you. So, and it's because oh, he's, he's scrimming on a secret account, I guess. Wow, you can't reveal. What? Wow. You, putting it out there. Now they know he has a secret account. Vettius. How many games of Nocturne have you played across your entire career? <laughs> My career? Your entire League of Legends solo queue career? Probably around 500. Okay, and what ELO are you? This season? Ev this season, yes. Diamond 5. My peak is Master Tier 300 LP. Alright, I'll let, I'll well, let the... We were about the past, you know? If I, <laughs> I was rank 1 at some point, you know? Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, obviously. What she season was this? Season 5. That was the season I was Master Tier 300 LP. Yeah, so you know how easy it was. <laughs> you know Nocturne better. I know that, I but I still think he's probably a better not. But, okay, okay, no. But my question is: well, this is a lot. We okay, can't. We can't go on. This is the question the that one. you asked. Yeah, I, I don't want to spend any more time on this. But there's the final thing is: I will ask you this. All right. Do you doing the old? Yeah, so how do you maximize damage on your ult? You just queue just before you land, you know? So there is very specific timing. I did this multiple times in training. It tool. always works. It doesn't always work. Because the speed of the projectile I mean, of your queue is slower than the speed of your ult. So if you queue at the start, the queue will not actually hit I mean, them at the same if, time. Especially if you like if you if there's a little range between the two parties, <laughs> you know, queuing at the start is not the smartest idea. <laughs> but the way to maximize damage on your ult is it's like a cop-out answer is you you actually hit them with Q first and then you ult. Because um, it's it's pretty impossible, I've tried multiple times, to land the Q as you're hitting the ult, only to because... Get the I mean, it's only if you're diamond yeah. 5. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's only because the, the, the missile speed, your ult is faster than your Q is, so even when you throw the Q out, you're always going to hit right. the ult first. Wonderful. There you go. I, Amazing wins, because he's higher ELO than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Sorry, dude. I just don't think that the, the silver three guy who's played a million Nocturne games is probably in this discussion either, so... <laughs> Uh, apologies to everyone who asked a real question that we just spent four minutes talking about <laughs> Bettius' question. Uh, the next one is from uh, at Keen, or Keen Nintendo at Aether on Earth, A-E-T-H-E-R on Earth, uh, for amazing. Look back at your career as a pro player. Which team do you think had the most potential to win something internationally? I think in terms of potential, um, I think Origin had a lot of potential, but I think obviously like there were a lot of things going wrong and it didn't quite work out. Uh, in terms of actual performance, though, internationally, I think the TSM roster that I was on was actually better. Can you remind people what, what was actually, who was actually on that roster? It's Turtle, uh, Lost Boy, uh, Dyrus, and Bjergsen. And I think at the time when we played at Season 4 Words, you know, that's why I was so adamant about it when like, I had this interview with Thorin, you know, like this summoning inside episode, you know, where people called me delusion afterwards, you know. Uh, it's just, when we played scrims, like, we're improving, like, daily, incredibly fast, you know, because we had Reggie who was basically like pounding some knowledge into us, you know, almost, you know. But it's, it was 
it was such a such an energetic roster that was actually trying to like win every scrim almost and trying to play as well or perfect as possible. And I think in terms of like what we actually brought to the table when we played against Samsung White, you know, uh, was actually a pretty high level of gameplay because when we faced them, we're not supposed to win a game. We're supposed to be stomped every game, but we had the chance to win. Like honestly, we won one game that they cannot like troll, but whatever it is, uh, we had the chance to win game one. We had the chance to game, win game four. You know, it's just like they didn't stomp us as much as they, for example, stamped Samsung Blue afterwards. So for me, like that roster in itself had so much like just fulfilled potential already. Whereas the original roster still had like something to, something to come. You know, if we had another year playing together with Peke. Uh, or even with Poffy, even but Peke actually like you know really back in the so up. so like Origin could have been a better team, but yes. the team that was most likely to actually win something in the state that they were when they were competing was the the TSM season four yeah, roster. Yeah, that's what I see. Makes sense. Uh, the last question. This one's a little bit more biting. It's from G2 Darko Blacks at Darko Blacks, frequent asker of aggressive questions on our podcast. Also, my question for Amazing, isn't he a little bit arrogant and overconfident for his knowledge skills? Like, he's talking about the junglers like they are hot brain dead, and he's the Lord Savior coming in. Do you, do you feel like you have a big ego or like you're arrogant, Amazing? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, this is kind of a trap <laughs> question, right? Because if you had an I'll, ego... I'll set even a question. <laughs> it's, a tra- it's, like, it's like, yes, I have an ego. Well, dang. No, go. but it's like, okay, I know that I'm cocky, I know I have a big ego, and I'm I, I'm arrogant, you know. There's no point talking around, and, and I don't mind like being being that person because I think like so many people are afraid nowadays of actually being themselves. That like I don't mind being like this guy that is actually just like completely out of his mind, maybe to a certain extent, you hey, know. But you don't wear Zoe wigs on stage until you get to that point. You still seem pretty rational. Okay, to me. so, <laughs> but no, I I mean. I think a lot of people like kind of have a weird idea of like how how I am as a person like between like you know like uh, or let's, let's say like once the show ends to a certain extent. And I think a lot of people also have a wrong idea of me as a player because even though I may not have ever been like this great like the greatest individual player besides like maybe my season four time, I'm still incredibly knowledgeable in terms of like game like, uh, what the ga- uh, about the game you know. So for for me, I can actually like facilitate a lot of knowledge towards the team and make them efficient within the game, you know? Whether or not I can actually do it efficiently every time is another question because obviously my MMs didn't have shown I cannot do it. But what I can do is actually like when I have good players and like or great players that actually have like issues shot calling or have issues being like, you know, in the moment, I can keep them there. And I think that's where like obviously I as a player come in and I think that's why I fit so well in the shot roster too. I will also say that even though having played many games with Mr. Stuckenschneider, um, while, he is, <laughs> while he is arrogant and has an ego, he does also have a lot of respect for many of the players. Um, and Including you and your No, not, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, it's not something that he's super forward and open about, but he is, like, does respect his opposition and he doesn't, you know, um, and he does recognize good players when he sees them. And so he's not, he's not a complete He is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strong phrase. Because the other side of that coin is he also recognizes morons when he sees them. <laughs> he pretty, does pretty, also. Pretty and when he feels like he sees an idiot, he is not afraid to say, I think you are bad at League of Legends and you are an idiot. <laughs> but that's just Maurice. He is, uh, he's, uh, he's an extra bit of spice in your cup of tea. <laughs> Okay. Some people like it, some people don't. Put that on a banner so we can put that on a wall. <laughs> Maurice Amazing Stuckey Snyder, the little bit of extra spice in your cup of tea. Get the worst picture of him, 
you can possibly find. I already know. I already know which one. I already know which one. <laughs> oh, I can send it so to you. So let us know. Good, good Photoshop paint is also acceptable. Um, that's going to do it here for season two, episode two of the Euphoria podcast. Uh, if you have any suggestions for photos on the wall and you want to share with us, you of course can tweet at me, at Daniel Dracos, or at Deficio Law uh, to Deficio. Even though he's not here, he's sure to get a lot. And in the future, in the past, we've used hashtag Euphoria. Turns out not a great podcast tweet because uh, it just gets full of other stuff. People, turns out, get euphoric about many things that aren't <laughs> E-U-L-C-S, which is odd, I know, very strange. So the new hashtag is hashtag EUphoriaPodcast. Share anything you want with us, suggestions for bets, pictures for the wall, really hot takes for next week, ideas for games, share everything there. Uh, until then, thank you to all those people watching on YouTube, those listening on SoundCloud and iTunes. And uh, we're going to find out who gets to dance. Wave to the people on SoundCloud. Wave to the people on SoundCloud, boys. Wave to the people on SoundCloud. That's how it's going to go. And that's going to do it for us.